0: Welcome to Porcelain Peak, a strange and scary podcast dissecting all things horror and sci fi. Here are your hosts, or what's left of them Tone, John, and Anthony. Enjoy the trivia. Back to season four of Porcelain Peak, a production of WordsForWeirdos.com. This week we got chap talk. John's gonna take the lead on that one. Then we're gonna do some trivia, and fingers crossed, we get a new winner this week. Either way, hope we have a good time. For our main discussion, we're diving into one of our horror redemptions, mm-hmm. talking about. Let the right one in, Reanimator, and The Invitation. And for our final cut, we're going to wrap it all up with our watch list. So without any more bullshit, let's go ahead and get started with that chap tack. Why don't you take an axe and chop it open? <laughs> My name is Tony, I'm here to say, <laughs> I like chop-talk in a major way. <laughs> oh, that was good. Well, the little bit of news that I had is something that we have shared on the stream, but I don't think we've shared on the show, is that they have released a trailer for The Barn Part 2.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about this. I haven't haven't seen this, though.
0: Yeah, so this is a movie that... Well, the original one is one that we randomly came across and fell in love with. Mm -hmm. Sort of like Flubber. Yeah. Randomly came across. (laughs) And then now they're making a part two, and we have all donated to make this happen. So we will be... I don't know. Are we in the credits? I think we're in the credits.
1: I donated blood. Yeah. I don't I oh. don't know if they used it yeah. in the movie. Or... I donated the semen. Yeah. So.
0: Someone got hepatitis, so it must have been yours.
1: Yeah, I just found their address online and was like, well, here's a few pints. I got some to spare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, that's cool. If you're into the barn, then part two looks like it's going to be just as Barney.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched the trailer just because I was 100% sold on this before it was even officially a thing. I was like, if they, if I, if they ever drop a barn too, <laughs> I'm going to be there in that barn. Yeah cool living in
0: it yeah i think you can still donate so if you're interested head over to indiegogo and help these fools make some money yeah you can get props and shit but they're really expensive
1: yeah and if you want to hear our thoughts on the original barn we have a Slasherpiece piece theater commentary track on patreon i believe it was one of the first commentary tracks we did so it's probably pretty fucking rough but um i've been wanting to go back and listen to our commentary tracks because they're easy access on the Uh, Apple Podcasts RSS thing now. Yeah, private RSS feeds. Yeah, so so much easier to just boop put on one of those commentaries, and I'm like, well, it's been long enough since I've heard us talk about these movies. Maybe I'll go back and the only one I will never fucking listen to again is uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, I'm not gonna fucking watch that shit. No Ewoks either, right? Uh, elox was I think and, it was a fun commentary. Uh, anywho, yeah.
0: anywho, anywho,
2: you think you literally fell asleep during during King Kong vs. Godzilla? Me? Yes.
0: I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> in a dark room. Anyway,
1: it was very presidential of him to just fall asleep. In
0: <laughs> <oven>. <laughs> any other news?
1: I don't got any news. It's been a, right. been a slow news week. The only news I got is that Dexter is back. If anybody is interested in Dexter, yes. uh, the first episode of Dexter new the new blood new blood uh is out i watched it john hasn't seen it so i won't say anything spoilery about it by the time
0: you're hearing this if it's regularly scheduled then two episodes should be out
1: yeah and i just wanted to say that i'm really enjoying that shows are kind of going back to the weekly release format like chucky is like that right now and then now this and it gives me Two nights a week to have something to look forward to reminds me of when I was young and had TV to look forward to instead of just being like so overwhelmed by everything every single night because I have it all at my fingertips. I'm like, cool. I actually can get excited about Sunday and Tuesday nights. So check out Chucky on Tuesday nights. Check out Dexter on Sunday nights.
0: There you go. All right, John. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, so I brought a a little uh, discussion that we
2: can have to the table here. Um, So, I saw an interesting thing on Reddit where a person was asking basically what people felt like were the most influential movies that have ever been released, and I thought that we could narrow that down, and doesn't necessarily have to be the best horror movies, but specifically to name the three movies that you personally think are the most influential to the genre. To horror and sci-fi? Or just horror? Let's just do horror this time, and then we can always revisit the discussion for sci-fi on a different day yeah 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 cool like halloween
0: Less
1: work for me <clears throat> halloween I, I don't
0: think we would have mm, well God. we wouldn't have
1: friday the 13th yeah <laughs> i think the
0: slasher genre like i mean even scream which i think you could consider its own i don't think we would have without what halloween did first yeah even though scream kind of revamped it i think you know halloween i mean you could even make a case that's black christmas i mean i would
2: i would go in that particular section of things, I would go even as far back as Psycho.
0: Yeah, maybe, but yeah, I would say Halloween. I think that's a hugely influential movie. I mean, I'm still getting them. Well, yeah,
1: that's that's exactly why I was going to say that I would pick Halloween over something like, I mean, really any other slasher, just because we're still getting iterations of it and it yeah. did inspire a bunch of other stuff. I would say the Blair Witch Project would be one that I think would be. Uh, hyper influential oh yeah for at least a decade of movies i would say saw is another one that i think is still influential i mean they we're still getting saw movies in a in a fashion um
0: yeah and it was one of the for i guess i don't know if it was the first but it was definitely the first mainstream like torture porn
1: well and I think it was a lot of people's gateway into gory or shit. Gorier stuff mm-hmm. and like people wanting to go down that rabbit hole of like what's the most fucked up thing I can watch and then that's I think I don't think people would be talking about something like Salo or Serbian film or the human centipede or any of those like really hardcore movies or even something like Martyrs. Like I don't think they would be talking about if they hadn't if Saw hadn't come out and kinda of cracked that open.
0: I wanna say the changeling actually. Mm-hmm.
1: For like haunted house stuff. I think
0: yeah, I mean we see even in insidious scenes recreated from that fucking movie. And after having watched it last season, I think it was, you really can see how much influence that movie has. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Ooh, the exorcist, Mm -hmm. because literally every possession movie that's come out since the exorcist (laughs) has just been ripping off the exorcist. Yeah. And you got to think when that movie came out, people were, had never seen something that was that hardcore, like attacking their, their faith or like getting involved in their faith and it scared the shit out of people. And now you see it just like constantly with like the conjuring franchise and everything is tied into demons and all that. And that I don't think any of that would exist without the exorcist. Yeah. I mean, you could even,
2: it's, it's hard to narrow it down to one specific one, but the universal monsters movies, as far as like having, I mean, you could probably say like Dracula since it was the, the first, Mm -hmm. but just kind of the, the
1: creature feature in general just would not be
2: what it is without those movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are, all super good choices not narrowing it at all down to three but um yeah i mean if i had to pick three i'd probably say halloween the exorcist and saw probably
0: i think i would say halloween the changeling and uh i had one more but it's it's escaped me now suddenly
1: escape
2: room (laughs) you go uh, so yeah, for me, I, I feel like Psycho uh, is, I don't think things like Halloween or even things like even Texas Chainsaw Massacre or shit like that would exist without Psycho. Mm. Psycho just kind of is thats is that first really usable slasher film. Yeah. On top of that, it also has that double fork where it goes into like your typical slasher movies that were released in the 70s and 80s, but it also helped to create Giallo as a, as a As a medium, as well, because Mm -hmm. those are all basically starting off as just recreations of, you know, of Hitchcock movies. Yeah. And then from there, I would say Night of the Living Dead has to be way up towards
1: the top of that list for me. Can't believe neither of us thought about that. Yeah. (sighs) Super, super good pick. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dracula. Yeah. I would say even um, above the Universal Monsters Dracula, I would almost say that the um, Christopher Lee or dracula the hammer version is more influential in that it has more of the staples of modern vampire fiction than the original dracula did in that he's sexy he has fangs he's got the red lined cape like stuff that all got added in the christopher lee version that is now synonymous with dracula and vampires yeah even more so than i think the bela lugosi version but yeah all great picks all movies that i think we've probably talked about at some point (laughs) yeah Yeah. at some
2: varying degree of length
1: yeah that was an awesome question and i feel like we're probably missing like oh there's so many yeah so if you're listening to this and
0: you could pick a genre and try to go back yeah as far as possible i mean even
2: i mean mean, think about things like like ringu like that spawned an entire like wave of of j-horror that's yeah. now kind of spun into K-horror. You know, I think that all of those movies wouldn't exist if something like Ringu hadn't blown the fuck K-horror up.
1: K-horror is when you watch horror while on ketamine, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: In K-hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, you could even go back to something like Nosferatu or Dr. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, if you're listening to this and you have a movie where you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, you guys didn't say, you know, whatever it is, Ernest Scared Stupid was so influential for this <laughs> reason. So um, true.
0: I mean, you can say that. There's definitely movies that we didn't name that are influential, like you know, Alien, yeah, right. But is that the first of its kind? Alien might be, <laughs> but like you know, even something like a Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. definitely influential for that zany kind of horror comedy. Very different than Halloween but probably wouldn't have gotten there without something like Halloween. And you know, then like it can always go back another step
2: Well, and it's Halloween. And then there's also like some of the comedic aspects that probably get pulled from other genre films that aren't yeah. necessarily horror related.
0: So hard, hard question, mm-hmm. but I think we did a pretty good list.
1: Yeah. yeah. Totes.
0: Cool. Well, that'll wrap it up for chop talk. We'll go ahead and get started with trivia. That Christmas house of west, the fog of piranha. It's one of those, right? Right?
1: John, warm up those throat muscles.
0: Because <laughs> you're going to be sucking some dicks, <laughs> damn.
1: I was going to say singing a song, but okay. Whatever you guys are game for. All
0: right. I think you got a full sweep on your hand, sir. <sighs> Don't fucking jinx it. Okay.
2: All right. Your trivia tune for this week is... Trivia... Trivia. Trivia. Trivia.
1: The never-ending story. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, it is Baby You're Gone from The Invitation. Never in a million years would I have gotten that, but...
0: Should have guessed. What I, the three I, I feel like what about.
1: I need to do, if I actually want to get these right, is just go and study the scores of all the movies that we talk about in our main discussion. That way I know all the tracks, and I can snipe you. Yeah, snipe it.
0: All right, well, you're on a f- five streak?
1: I got five on wow. it. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay, and we're still playing slash cards. We got... The same five categories. I'm still going to read a category, and then we're still going to go in a circle with me still reading to John, him still reading to Anthony, Anthony still reading to me. Still. John, you ready? Let's get it done. All right. Name two horror movies starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah
2: Michelle Gellar. So I'm going to say I Know What You Did Last summer. That
0: is correct, and on the card.
2: And then she wasn't in any of the Scream movies, or was she? <sighs>
0: I don't know.
1: Don't even look at his face for clues
0: well,
1: That would be crazy if she was That would so. be
0: crazy if she was
1: would <laughs> be even crazier if uh... Never mind I, say
0: anything.
1: <laughs> I, I don't want to go too far And, and spoil yeah. anything for you Because <laughs> You might have a sweep on your hands yeah, You
0: might have a sweep on your hands
1: And some sweat on your brow
0: <laughs> Yeah Take it from the two of us. You might have a sweep on your hands.
1: Hey, hey, like, you may want to just throw in the towel on this one because you may no. have a sweep on the rest of the card. Yeah. No, it's not worth that. Yeah.
0: Uh, if you get it wrong, you know, we're not going to hold anything against you. I'm no like, hard feelings. I'm like.
2: <laughs> I'm just going to say scream and hope that I'm right.
0: Is that your final answer? If, if it's wrong, then no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is incorrect, sir. Mm. She, although, is in Scream 2.
1: (laughs) Electric Boogaloo.
0: Yeah. The other one on the card is The Grudge. Mm
1: -hmm. The Grudge.
0: The Grudge. If We tried, bud. I said a lot of twos.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what you were doing. Okay. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all. Oh. Yeah, obviously, I didn't either. Name two horror films that take place in Italy. I'm going to say Bird with the Crystal Plumage. It's not on the card. I'm just going to double-check, but I'm pretty sure you're right. My other one will be Tenebrae. Tenebrae is on the card.
2: Vacationing in Rome. So, yes, both of those are correct,
1: sir. Woo! Woo! Gotta fucking love that we covered Giallo. It has really come in clutch. Tone, name two horror movies that take place predominantly underground.
0: As above, so below. Got it. And The Descent.
1: That is one on the card, and the other was Dawn of the Dead.
0: Oh, yeah. Alright. Feeling pretty
2: good. Two of us are on Wait, the board. Hold up. Dawn of the Dead takes place in a mall. Oh yeah, Day of the Dead. Yeah, Day of the Dead takes place underground. Well, the card says Cart. the,
1: the card says Dawn of the Dead, so the card is incorrect. Oh. It's a card misprints.
0: Damn. Alright, we're moving into behind the scenes. John, what French artist designed the alien from Alien?
2: H.R. Giger. Geiger, however you want to pronounce it.
0: That is correct, sir. Nice job.
1: What does I'm HR sorry. stand for?
0: Human resources. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Giger.
2: <laughs> Anthony, who directed Reanimator? Stuart Gordon. Man. That is correct. Oh,
0: nice. Nice. Topical. Wow. Wow. Good call, it trivia.
1: Like Neosporin.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I've, that first question, I'm pretty sure, fucked me. I don't have any shot now.
1: You never know, man. We're only on question two. Tone. What famous makeup effects artist created the Zombies for Dawn of the Dead from
0: 1979? Ooh, is is it Savini?
1: It is Tom Savini. He later admitted he regretted using gray for the zombie skin because it showed up blue on film.
0: All right, Anthony and I still tied at two. John's got one. We're moving into general trivia. John, horror can show up in unexpected places. Like when the Nazis open up the Ark of the Covenant in this 1981 film.
2: Ark of the Covenant. So that one's going to be... It's Indiana Jones. Let's see. Is it Temple of Doom or is it Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's the Covenant. Think about what you just said.
0: You want me to repeat
2: the question? (laughs) Oh, Ark of the Covenant. Yes, Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) (laughs) Temple
1: of the Lost Ark. (laughs)
0: That is correct sir it is Raiders of the Lost Ark. From as long as 81. you didn't guess
1: Kingdom of the Crystal Skull you're you're okay. <laughs> we're in the ballpark. <laughs>
0: What's the other one
1: called? Last Crusade. Glass Last Crusade. Crusade for the Holy Grail. That was the only reason why
2: I knew that wasn't the one. <laughs> <laughs> All right Anthony, true or false? Regero Diodata, the director of Cannibal Holocaust from 1980 was arrested and charged with murder after the film premiered.
1: True, and then the people showed up and they were like never mind.
2: Yep, the violence in Cannibal Holocaust was so convincing that the film's actors had to appear in court before
1: the charges were could be dropped.
0: <laughs> That's fucking so cool. Go but ahead.
1: so still haven't seen it. Tone, the first horror film ever made, was The Devil's Castle. It has a runtime of two minutes and was made in nineteen or in eighteen ninety six by what French cinema pioneer?
0: Claude.
1: <laughs> it is Georges Méliès from uh, uh, Hugo.
0: that makes sense yeah
1: the journey to the moon or whatever yeah Yeah.
0: bummer all right well that puts anthony back in the lead huh feeling good feeling Feeling nervous we're gonna move into characters and actors john and i are tied at two correct yes all right john for your characters and actors question jeff daniels played small town dr Ross jennings in what creepy crawly 1990 film
2: Arachnophobia.
0: That is correct. You gotta watch it, bro.
2: I don't want to.
0: You're gonna have to. I don't wanna.
2: Anthony, what actress played Wendy Torrance in The Shining from 1980?
0: What's the name of that Muppet? <laughs> Shelley
1: Duvall.
2: It is Shelley Duvall.
1: <laughs> also, nice. Also played uh, Olive Oil in uh, the Popeye movie.
0: <laughs> in My Kitchen.
1: <laughs> Tone, what actor played Robert Neville in I Am Legend from 2007?
0: Will Smith. That's Willard full name? Oh, there you go. Willard Sorry, Smith. I didn't mean to spoil
1: <laughs> It is indeed Will Smith.
0: All right. Well.
1: The Fresh pramps.
0: It's 3-4. We're moving into plot and setting. John Kronos from 1994 takes place in what country? I'm going to go with Mexico. That is correct. Right. Nice job, dude. That's a yeah. good card. Yeah, it's a good yeah. card.
2: It could have been better, though. Oh,
0: Fucking yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anthony, the send her a message on Instagram. I
0: had a fucking nickel, dude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera from 1925 takes place in what European city? Munich. It is gay old Perry. I fucking that was
1: my first thought. God
2: damn All right, so we got a tie on the table. You could join us if you'd like.
1: Oh
0: shit! All right.
1: Tone. In New York, a Vietnam veteran attempts to maintain his sanity as he experiences increasingly frightening visions and delusions in this 1990 film.
0: Is it Jacob's Ladder? It is Jacob's Ladder. It is
1: Jacob's Ladder. Three-way tie. Break out the extra cards.
0: Oh, God. Damn it. Alright, we're doing three more cards. Yep. You guys are in for a long one. My, don't worry. My view, review for Reanimator is going to be one sentence, so we'll get through it quick. <laughs> and these guys have already heard it. Just... <laughs> All right. Well, since we got a three-way tie, we're just going to go through and do a whole other round, starting with Category X. A whole other
1: card. Fucking guy.
0: <laughs> All right, John, name two sets of twins in horror movies.
2: Well, the Blue Dress Girls from The Shining.
0: Okay. That is... On the card, it does have their names, though.
2: I don't know if it ever says their names in the movie. It does.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it is, but I remember that it says it.
0: I'm know. fine with that, honestly. It,
1: and it says two <coughs> sets? Yeah. That's what I was going to say, is if you can get the, the movie and the, like, like the Shining Twins, I would totally yeah. accept. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. That's fine with me. So just for clarification, their name is the Grady sisters. Mm, okay.
2: Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> In what movie? <laughs> twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, if it wasn't, it specifically says movies, correct? Mm-hmm. That sucks because... You were going to say T N and Tamera from mm-hmm. Sister Sister? Mallory. Well, I was going to say uh, the the Crane twins from... from Hill House doesn't count.
0: You giving up, sir?
2: I'm going to go out on a very, very, very long limb for a movie that I haven't seen. And I'm going to say The Haunting, and I'm going to say it's the Crane twins.
1: We're going to have to do so much fucking research for that. I don't think that's going to count. I think you I don't think you got that one.
0: The Haunting?
1: Yeah, cuz it's the what The Haunting
2: of Hill House is based off of, but I'm pretty sure those characters were written strictly for the show. They
0: were. Yeah, cuz they're not in the book. There's no twins in the book.
2: Yep. If they're not in the book, then they're definitely not in the movie. So I will bow out.
0: You don't even want me to look.
2: No, like I said, if they're if they're not in the book, then they're definitely not in the movie. No.
0: No no no. They're not. The, the, the book isn't about siblings, it's like a researcher and he hires people to come research his house with him. Yeah. And some of them have similar names.
2: Name two horror movies about urban legends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
2: Yeah. Candyman and Urban Legend, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Urban Legends on the card, yeah. What was the other one on the card for the twins?
0: Oh, that was the Mantle Brothers from Dead Ringers. Yeah, not going to fucking happen. I
1: just watched that movie like two weeks ago. Pretty good, Cronenberg. Ma-
0: made a good impression.
1: <laughs> Jeremy Irons. My turn to read something?
0: Yes. To Tone,
1: me. name two horror movies starring Patrick Wilson.
0: Who the fuck is Patrick Wilson? Oh, from The Conjuring? You got one. Okay, I don't care it's about you... it, so I'm just going to go with The Conjuring. You
1: too. could have said Insidious. Yeah, insidious. that's what's on the card, yeah. Insidious and The Conjuring, but you got it.
0: I'm trying to get time going, you know what I mean? All right, so Anthony and I are tied. We're moving in behind the scenes. John, who directed the 1984 film A Nightmare on Elm Street?
2: <laughs> Wes Craven.
0: That is correct, sir. Nice job. All right. West. PT
2: Weist Craven. (laughs) I thought you said Weist. (laughs) And then he named the artist or group that composed the score for Psycho. Bernard Herman. It is Bernard Herman with a bunch of extra letters in Herman.
0: (laughs) How's it spelled?
2: Uh, H e r r m a n n. (laughs) You know you could have achieved the same thing. You could have achieved achieved the same thing
1: with one R and one
0: N. (laughs) You can't control that.
1: True. Yeah, drop some of those letters. It's not fucking Wheel of Fortune, bro tone who directed the shining the shinning from
0: 1980 stanley
1: kubrick oh it is indeed stanley kubrick
0: nice the kuber all right so anthony and I are still tied we're moving into general trivia john what year was the exorcist released
2: i'm gonna say 78
0: oh it's 1973
2: Ooh, it's a fugazi
0: it's a
2: who's <laughs> he it's a, a what <laughs> Horror can show up in unexpected places, like the Unfriendly Giants, the Blood Bottler, and the Flesh Lump Eater from this 1989 cartoon.
1: I have no idea, so I'm going to say The Black Cauldron. It is the BFG, the big fucking giant.
0: (laughs) I didn't realize that was a cartoon back in the day.
1: Yep. Interesting. I thought
0: that was just the end of Spielberg's career. (laughs) (laughs) This is my chance to take the lead? It is. Yep.
1: Tone, in Ghostbusters from 1984, Dana Barrett is a professional musician. What instrument does she play?
0: Wow.
2: There fuck. is no Dana. It's only Zool. I don't know. Don't
0: spoil it. Um, the violin.
1: So fucking close the cello. Oh
0: <laughs> Cello, you got a bass. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that so you're still t- still too tied. Still too tied and we're moving into characters and actors. John, what is the name of the murderous drifter played by Rutger Hauer? Is that right? Mm -hmm. In the hitchhiker from '86. The name? Yeah.
2: Sheesh. Uh, Charles fuck because I don't got that.
0: John Ryder.
2: Charles hitchhiker. (laughs) John Ryder strong. (laughs) Free associated all over the mustache. Yeah. (laughs) Anthony, adult film star Marilyn Chambers played Rose in what 1977 David Cronenberg film? Rabbit. Rabbit is the correct answer damn so I'm
1: fully out um yeah TMI mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just fully out No, I'm, so, so I'm fully out <laughs> <laughs> tone what actor played writer Paul Sheldon in misery from
0: 1990 f- oh fuck uh is it James Kahn Con <laughs> is
1: James Con. Nice job. Damn, can't believe. Hit me but with my p- still going. So hit me with my pity.
0: All right, your plot and setting. Are we still tied? Yeah. Yep. Fuck me, John. <laughs> Not fuck me, John. <laughs> no, that's what. What you go get? <laughs> a, radio, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a radio DJ and his crew barricade themselves inside their studio when they realize the town around them has succumbed to some unknown virus in this 2008 film.
1: Love this movie.
2: I, I don't know. Um I for some reason the fog and wreck are not leaving my head and so I'm just gonna say wreck. It's not right, but it is Pontypool.
1: Pontypool.
2: I've never actually heard of that, so the concept just sounds familiar.
1: It's super cool. It's like a it's a zombie movie, but it like you get infected by words rather than being bitten. Mm, it's interesting. super interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Alright, for your potential to put the put the stank on it here. The women in a small English village give birth to eerie blonde children that grow Come exponentially on, fast and have hypnotic glowing eyes in this 1960
1: film, Village of the Dam. It is the... indeed Village of the Dam. Tone for your final question. Fuck man. A monster emerges from the Han River and attacks the citizens of Seoul, North, South Korea in this 2006 film. Come on, baby. You know it? I know this one, yeah.
0: Oh, is it Host? The Host the
2: host it is the host 2006 oh, little well, bong Jun ho now what
1: um
0: jesus fucking christ
1: so we can either count it as a win for both of us or we can go into a tiebreaker at this point i would say i would rather not do a tiebreaker because this episode's going to be super fucking and we're also going to burn through another card for that yeah so why don't we just get say it's a gentleman's tie and give us each a point all right because you put up a super fucking good fight there and actually we all did how long has it been since we were in a three-way tie uh it's been since last season uh, uh, at least Jeez! and
0: if you would have just added a two it would have been all yours bro yeah.
1: <laughs> don't don't bring it up he's gonna be fuming yeah. for the rest of the episode and he, <laughs> we still have three movies to talk about
0: <laughs> well that's gonna wrap it up for trivia if you enjoyed that you can get more trivia every week over at patreon.com forward slash porcelain peak john tell them about it
2: for $5 a month, you can find yourself some awesome handwritten quizzes by yours truly and the other two chuckle fucks in this room. Uh, so you can get those bonus weekly quizzes that go coincide with our episodes. Not necessarily based off of the episodes, but just kind of random quizzes that we come up with to keep each other on our toes.
0: Yeah, this week we did first lines of movies, we did letterbox reviews, and we did... Um, Plots Explained Badly.
2: Yeah, which it was a ton of fun. They're always a great time. and We come up with some really cool ideas, so definitely check that out. Um, for $10 a month, you can get our Slash to Peace Theater commentary tracks um, where we will talk about some crazy fucking movies. This month, we're going to be talking about Killing, giving yeah, that one a little redux because that was a lot of fun, and I think that having all three of us in the room will be a great time for that. Um, And then uh, for $20 a month, you can join our producer tier, which gives you the ability to get shirts, Uh, also gives you early access to the episodes, so that way you get them uh, typically on Thursday or Friday if we have them out super quick. Uh, So that way, if you want to check those out, you don't have to wait until Monday.
0: We know you're itching for more Porcelain Peak, you know? yeah, We always are.
2: On top of that, you can also help us come up with cool ideas for the show.
0: That is correct. We covered a bunch of stuff for patrons specifically, and that was a blast. So yeah. if you want to check that out again, that is patreon.com forward slash porcelain peak. We're going to take a little break and we will be right back.
2: This week's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we have a special offer for you. All Porcelain Peak listeners get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash porcelain peak.
0: Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist.
1: It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. You can start communicating with a therapist within 48 hours. For our international fans, we got good news. BetterHelp is available worldwide with a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's over 15,000 therapist network which may not be available locally in all areas. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your
2: therapist and expect a timely and thoughtful response in addition to weekly video and phone sessions. No more uncomfortable waiting rooms like traditional therapy. They have individual, couples, and teen therapy in addition to therapists that specialize in LGBT issues. You can choose a therapist with a spiritual background, male, female, and various ethnicities if that's what you choose to do.
0: BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed.
1: It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available because BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Porcelain Peak, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, there's a special offer for Porcelain
2: Peak listeners. Get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash porcelainpeak. That's P-O-R-C-E-L-A-I-N-P-E-A-K to start living a happier life today. Check out the show notes for a direct link, and thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this
1: episode. Hey, Tone, what's that you're drinking?
0: Oh, this is a nice tall mug full of mud water. What in the Sam Samhain? <laughs> Samhain is Mudwater? <laughs> Mudwater is an all-natural coffee alternative that has immune benefits and helps with sustained focus without the jitters and crash of coffee. What's
2: in it? What's it taste like? What's the deal?
0: It's made from chai, cacao, rishi, cinnamon, and more, and tastes like a chocolatey chai.
1: How often do you drink it?
0: I personally use it every day. And as you creeps know, I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine.
1: I once saw you look at an energy drink and you stayed up all night.
0: (laughs) That's a true story. But I can have mud water in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the early evening without feeling anxious, weird, or having trouble sleeping.
2: Whether you're running around Crystal Lake, pulling a blanket over your eyes, or stressing on which episode of Porson Peak to listen to next, mud water has your back when the going gets tough.
1: As Tone mentioned, mud water contains reishi, which has been used in Chinese medicine for over two thousand years and nicknamed the mushroom of immortality as a key ingredient in mud water rishi will give you added support for your capacity to handle stress while supporting a healthy immune response
0: check out our affiliate link in the show notes to get mud water creamer sweetener even a frother if you're feeling froggy or go for the starter kit like i did which includes a killer recipe booklet
2: that's mudwtr.com or use the link in our show notes to help out your favorite podcasters.
1: Hey. You you want to see something really scary?
0: For our main discussion this week, we are doing one of our horror redemptions, so I watched Reanimator, John watched The Invitation, and Anthony watched Let the Right One In. So I'll go ahead and kick us off with Reanimator. So why don't you hit
2: us with a basic plot synopsis here and then give us some of your thoughts and then we'll ask you a couple questions. There's yes. a dude, he's a reanimator.
0: There's a couple of guys that are in med school. Are they up to no good? Yeah, they're definitely up to no good.
2: Started making uh, trouble in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, it's a heavily basketball influenced. It's pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let the man say his peace.
0: Anyway, these two guys are in medical school and one of them creates this glowing green serum that will reanimate the brain or you inject it into the brain, and then it reanimates the whole body. And it's described as a horror comedy, and I think that if you know that going in, this movie is a lot more enjoyable. If you try to play it straight, you're going to be like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Yeah, which was my my uh, pitfall when I first tried to watch this movie is I expected it to be like a, a just a really gory like horror classic without expecting all of the comedy. And so on a rewatch was when I really like got what this movie was all about and really, really fucking dug it.
0: Yeah, so basically they start experimenting on dead bodies, and then shit goes awry, and that's kind of the basic plot of the movie. Um, But overall, I really enjoyed it. I'm super disappointed I hadn't seen this earlier. It seems like one of those movies that would be very fitting for my style. Yeah. um, Specifically, and at one point, I told you guys this, it's, it's, it's like a Frankenstein movie that's campy, gory, and has a severed head going down on a chick, so... If that doesn't sum up this movie. I don't know what does.
1: Yeah, and you really can't beat Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West. He is just so fucking like zany and just chewing every bit of scenery. Um, if you're a fan of Barbara Crampton, then you get quite a bit of her in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot, of her. Um, yeah,
0: a lot of a bit of her bits.
1: But um, for anybody who doesn't know, Reanimator, um, as it says when it pops up in the titles, is based on an HP, loosely based on the. I was wondering, like, it's how an much. HP Lovecraft short story, right? It's, um, it was published in chapters in magazines. And this first movie uh, covers the first two chapters that were released, basically, of the story. And then uh, the next film, Bride of Reanimator, which is one of my, as John spoiled in our text messages, one of my bonus reviews here, because I ended up uh, watching Bride of Reanimator. Nice. um, Yeah, Reanimator is a ton of fun. The gore effects are great. So great. Yeah. If you're a fan of Stuart Gordon, uh, his other movies like, uh from beyond and castle freak are really really fun and the gore effects are always amazing
0: not to be confused with william castle <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i had a great time with it um i told one of my friends that i hadn't seen he was like what the fuck man so if that's any indication yeah. More than and- kyle no, it's my friend Nick. Uh, I think Kyle's. I think at this point, just not surprised at the shit I haven't seen anymore. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you, you mentioned this being uh, a Frankensteinian movie. Um, H.P. Lovecraft said that this was his least favorite story that he he had ever written, just because of the quality of the of the writing of the original story. But that he did write it as a parody of Frankenstein. Makes um, sense. Yeah. So you were spot on with that analysis. <laughs> I, I tried to read some of it, and it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really. Yeah. What about you, John? You've seen Reanimator before. Do you? Uh, what do you think about this movie? Is it a good time for you? Absolutely, I agree with all of
2: the sentiments. I knew going into it when I watched it the first time that it was comedy leaning and more of a parody, and I found it super enjoyable. I mean, the characters—they're likable in a creepy way, mm-hmm. and you can see the reasons why they are the way that they are. And like I said, the effects hold up today. They're better than some of the some of the current things that we get with CG because they're they're practical and they just they last well and
1: i love when you can tell what's going on like with the the dean or whatever with his severed head um how you know how you can tell that it's just him like under a table or whatever but the effect is convincing because it's a real person you know like sitting there with the makeup on and sitting under the table uh which speaking of that character his head makes a return with some uh stitched on bat wings in bride of (laughs) reanimator and um I won't go into a full review for that movie, but I will say that while it doesn't quite reach the high highs of the original Reanimator, if you were a fan of Reanimator, the second one is almost as much fun. Um, I think that's
2: pretty much the consensus review about that movie.
1: Yeah, it ups. It's directed by Brian Usna, who did uh, who worked on the first Reanimator, worked on From Beyond, and then went on to direct Society. Which, oh, if you know okay. anything about Society, the gore effects in that are. And the body horror stuff. Yeah, Um, when you watch *Brighter Reanimator*, it just turns all of that stuff up to eleven, and it's almost kind of like overwhelming to watch. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and then there's a third one, Beyond Reanimator, that came out in, in the like 2000s. 2002
1: or 2003, yeah. And I
0: guess they were talking about making a fourth one that was like the island of Reanimator that was supposed to be based off the island of Dr. Moreau. Moreau, yeah, but it never happened.
1: They did make a stage adaptation, though, that apparently was pretty fun and pretty successful. I think Stuart Gordon directed the stage adaptation as well. Because yeah. originally, I think that's what how he wrote it, was he wanted it to be a stage adaptation.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I would say my only problem with this movie is the character that you're referencing that has a severed head, his head gets injected with the serum, but mm-hmm. then his body reanimates and they're not connected. So I was like, well, that just, even in the realm of this movie, doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: Always got to find a logic problem. Yeah.
0: That's, but that's pretty big. <laughs> Why? They're not, you know? And not then are connected. Yeah. So anyway, other than that, I had a blast. I would definitely watch it again. I am bummed that it took me so long to watch it because it, like I said, it's right up my alley
2: Yeah, so i'll hit you with the with the typical question that we usually ask which is why why do you think that you haven't watched it for Porky. so long
0: i just never got around to what it. were you waiting for yeah i think i stuck with like the i, don't, I guess that doesn't even make sense because uh, this is pretty popular it's like up in there
1: i for me my answer for why it took me so long to see it before the first time i saw it which was only like a couple years ago was just that once I realized it was kind of a campier horror movie at the time, I wasn't really into that. So it just took like me a long time to fair? get it. Yeah. And I, now I really, really love a movie like this that has like, it's, it's kind of self-aware about what it's doing and yeah. it's goofy. It's right up there um, with like
0: Evil Dead 2, Night of the Creeper. Yeah, exactly. Kind of and like
1: even, even Evil Dead 2 is a great example of a movie that the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this because I had just seen Evil Dead and was like, I just want more of that, you know? Yeah. So, anywho, yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I knew before you even watched it that it was going to be right up your alley. So,
0: Yeah, every second. It was great. Anyway, yeah. we can move on to yours now, John. You watched The Invitation. Yeah, so... And
2: you hated it, right? Oh, definitely. It totally wasn't right up my alley and, <laughs> and fucked with my head the entire time. Um, <laughs> so, The Invitation is a movie about... A couple that is headed to a dinner party with the um with they were the invited to find yeah they were invited uh, to a, a party at the house of his ex-wife um,
0: which is his former residence as well
2: yes and uh they the reason why they haven't spoken in so long is because they had a child together and that child died uh, they head to this party where all of their friends are at and at that party they basically show that they've joined this cult called the invitation that um, is supposed to take away all of the pain and suffering in your life. And so it's basically them trying to convince these other people to join the invitation, but other things ensue and things go left really quickly.
0: Yeah. And what's really cool is the main character. What's his name again?
1: Logan, Logan. Marshall, green. Logan Marshall green from upgrade. Yeah. He's and Prometheus.
0: you can't really tell if he's paranoid or if any of this is really happening. And so I think that that lends a lot to, the movie because it doesn't really amp up until the third act. And you're like, oh, okay, now shit's happening. But for the most part, you're like, is it, like, what's really it, happening? It here? makes
1: you doubt yourself because I think you can pick, you pick up almost immediately, and I think even the characters do. The main characters pick up on this is very culty and weird yeah, super quickly, and then the movie is just constantly kind of playing with your expectations about whether that's what's really going on and what's not till pretty much the end of the movie, like you said. yeah, um, And then it really, really packs a punch. I think that the performances in this are what – really carry the movie, especially for something that has basically just a small cast in a small space. Um, I think the writing really holds up, especially on this rewatch. I was just invested the whole time in the conversations that the characters were having, and I felt that the reactions to things were pretty authentic, like when they show the video like Mm -hmm. to them and everybody kind of reacts like, What the fuck did we just watch? Um
0: Yeah, if we were at a party together and you just showed me a Video of someone dying, I'd be like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's a, a well shot movie for being in such a small space. Um, and yeah, I th- I've always liked Logan Marshall Green since, well, basically since Upgrade. But I've never thought like, oh, this guy really, really puts on an amazing performance. But in this, there were scenes where I was really, really feeling for his character, especially when he's feeling like he can't trust whether he is paranoid or not. It functions on a level where there is the subtext of his son. Um, and that whole thing, and it handles it better than something like I would say, like Antlers did, where you get a little bit of that backstory, but there's not enough of it to really make you understand what's going on. In this, I think you get a really good picture of, you know, what happened in their relationship. Yeah. And then the actor that I said I forget his name, but from American Horror Story and Zodiac, the bald guy, whenever he shows up in anything, I'm just like, shit's shit's gonna go south. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So what are your thoughts overall?
1: Uh, yeah. So
2: I dug the shit out of this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, for me, the paranoia that it's able to build in not not only in the characters but in you as to like well what would I do in this situation or what's really happening because it it throws you for a loop a couple of times where it makes it seem like it's going one way and then it twists you back in the other direction and then you think that things are settling down and then it goes back and it starts ratcheting the tension up again and the performances are fantastic especially between Logan Marshall Green and I don't know who plays uh, Evie his his ex-wife but those performances are very top-notch. Like I said, I don't understand after seeing some of the things that he's been in, especially this though, how Logan Marshall Green's not like a household name yet.
0: He almost becomes a proxy for the audience. Yes. Every time someone does anything weird, he's there to call it out like you would be doing. Yeah. And, uh, the th- first thing that comes to mind is with the front door. The guy locks it and he's like, well, what are you doing? Like, we, what if we need to get out? Put that back. What if like, there's yeah. a fire? I mean, yeah, well, that's and exactly then like, what I would do. like. What the I, fuck are you doing? Man? I was watching
1: like throughout the movie. He, everybody else in the movie is is copiously drinking alcohol, and he's the only character that's going back to the sink and just drinking water. And so, to me, that kind of helps you put yourself in his shoes and go like, okay, the stuff that he's experiencing, he's not experiencing under the influence of any sort of weird drugs or anything. And if something does go down with what they're drinking or whatever like that, like it, they make a point of showing that he's been drinking water the whole time, and so it kind of helps you see him as a reliable source of information. Um, but yeah, and I, I think that this feels sort of like, almost like something that A24 would put out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew you were going to like it. What do you think, what took you so long besides this being on your list and you having to wait because we made these lists now? What took you so long to check it out? Had just it just not popped up on your radar? or? So I
2: knew about it when it came out. So it came out in 2015 and I was very aware of not the subject matter, but just that it was a very heavy film to watch. And at that point in time, I was kind of skirting around that type of film because I have, well, not like the death of a child or anything, but I do have things that, that, uh, that have happened in my life that, that have a, an effect on me day to day. Yeah. And, I don't know if I was in a headspace where I could have handled a film like this. Because there were times where I broke down in tears watching this movie. Yeah. I mean, that character goes through so much in just that small amount of runtime, And I think that I would have been pushed into a really emotionally vulnerable place. So I'm sure at that point in time, I was probably spending time watching more
1: campy fare, like things like Reanimator. Yeah, I couldn't, um, couldn't pick two r- more radically different movies. Yeah, I
2: couldn't pick two, two more... Uh, skewed in different ways to spend one million dollars to make a film yeah because they have the, literally the same budget oh wow <laughs> yeah. well
1: I, I appreciate the honesty of that answer because th- i think that's something that a lot of people especially like horror fans don't quite recognize about watching horrors that yes it's supposed to make you uncomfortable but it's supposed to make you uncomfortable to a level that you still enjoy and if you're going through something in your life or you have some sort of trauma where it's going to trigger something um that's you know you want to avoid those kind of horror movies and that doesn't make you any less of a horror fan or mm-hmm. if you want to put something on the back burner like it doesn't make you any less of a horror fan to be like I don't want to watch rape revenge movies because yeah. you know if something that's happened to me or I don't want to watch torture porn because you know I've been through trauma abuse yeah. or something. So I appreciated the honesty of, of that answer. Cause I think that's a, I do that all the time where I'm like, I'm just not in the mood for something heavy right now.
2: Yeah. Or I'm not, I mean, like I said, we've all, we've all had our different experiences. I mean, and I know that there have been times where you've shied away from things, you know, because they've touched on substance abuse or whatever. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. you're like, I Today's to, not the day for yeah, that. I don't want to be <laughs>
1: I don't want to be reflecting on this at the, uh, at this point in time. Um, and then other times I'm like super gung ho about that subject matter being in a movie because yeah. it does apply to me in that in that specific way. So, what yeah. did
0: you what did you think about the kind of grand ending? I liked it.
2: I mean, I thought that I kind of assumed that's where it was heading as soon as as soon as he breaks out the lantern, mm-hmm. I was like I I imagine this is probably happening in more than one place because it it is a little cliche. It's not like so cliche that I'm going to like dock a whole bunch of points off of a score kind of a thing. But it is something that you do see in movies where it's like, like, oh, this is you're seeing this one tiny little section of things. And it's just happening here until it's revealed that it's happening everywhere. I mean, it's, it's the like monsters the, are due on Maple Street. Well, it's like the, it's it always reminds me of uh Planet of the Apes where yeah. it's like, oh, the, you know, this is just a random planet. But no, it's actually Earth. Yeah. kind of shit spoilers That's, for that movie <laughs> if you haven't fucking seen that movie you have done it's actually ape lincoln <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might be in the
0: wrong place so with my movie definitely with anthony's movie maybe a little less and but definitely with this one i don't feel like it's one that people are like you gotta see this it's super high in the horror lexicon
1: it would have fit well into Uncut gems i think
0: do you think that it deserves a place as like a horror movie that everybody should see.
2: Absolutely, yes. I think that, like I said, the acting performances are stellar. The writing is fantastic. It's shot beautifully. And the subject matter that it broaches is stuff that just about anybody can draw a, a conclusion from and like see themselves in some way, shape, or form in one of the characters, you know, from, from this film. And I think that all of those things are super valuable. The fact that it's able to hit you with a punch and you're able to feel things through this movie is better than a lot of things that people, you know, ring the bell about constantly for, for horror films. I think that for me, I, this is why I've always gravitated f- towards things that feel, have that really realistic feel mm-hmm. and really broach subjects like trauma, like PTSD, like, you know, abuse and things like that because they're, they're real. It takes something that is reality and doesn't, fluff it up and make it feel fantastical like some movies do it just lets you sit in something that could happen and those things are ultra terrifying for me
0: yeah i think that's a really good point yeah this movie is it'll hit you yeah if you let it <clears throat>
1: yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it
0: yeah me too all right then uh moving on to you Twan. you I have, watched i
1: have questions
0: <laughs> let the right one in a swedish a Swedish film, film. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I had um admittedly seen this movie already. I got ahead of myself because I really, really wanted to check it out when I think when we were doing vampires at some point, or we were talking about vampires. So I had seen it, but I really, really wanted to rewatch it because it had been a while and I remembered how fucking good this movie is. Mm-hmm. And um, what I ended up doing to kind of shake things up a little bit is as my second bonus review. I also watched Let Me In, the American remake. The one that you'd already seen a long time ago. Yeah. The sweeted version. (laughs) Yeah, the sweeted version. And um, something that I had not realized about the American version is that it's directed by Matt Reeves, speaking of Planet of the Apes. So um, being somebody who is super stoked for the Batman, I was like, well, I didn't realize that. And it's a Hammer film.
0: Oh, that's right. The
1: remake. So um, watched both. And uh, I will say they both have their strengths. The original is just so meticulously made down to like the finest detail, down to the way that the forests are lit with the like really weird overhead lighting where everything is just mm-hmm. super brightly lit. My girlfriend even pointed out when we were watching it, she was like, That's a horrible place to commit a murder. Like everybody <laughs> can just
2: see what the fuck you're doing. And that's the like, whole that's the point of the movie.
1: <laughs> Yeah. And so um but she really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And we I showed her the original instead of the remake. And then last night I was tripping her out because she didn't know there was an american remake and i was sending her clips from the american remake on snapchat that were just like the ones we had watched And she was like what the fuck is this she was like is this a sequel or what and i was like it's a remake um and it
0: It doesn't do a disservice to the original like Gus Van Sant does. Yeah,
1: and I'd seen... It's not shot for shot, like, literally. Yeah. It's pretty close, though. It's pretty close. It just mixes a couple things up narratively, and I will say where it excels is that Matt Reeves is a great director, and the movie is basically, if Let the Right One In was filmed like a Fincher movie, it's lit like a Fincher movie, it looks a lot moodier and less dreamlike. And now
0: he's doing that same thing with Batman.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But um, what I'll say about the original is that the performances are really what make the original excel. You really, really buy this relationship between the Oscar character and the Ellie character. Um, this is also a movie that's based on a book. Um, I don't know if you knew, knew that. Yes. Um,
0: I forget the guy's name. I want to say it's like Jeff something or other. Yeah. He has yeah. this one and then one called Handling the Undead. It's like a zombie story.
2: Oh, cool. Do you want to give the, pl- the basic plot of the film?
1: Yeah. So uh, a young boy named Oscar is being constantly bullied at school. Um, his father is a drunk who lives out in the country and he lives with his mother. And one day a new neighbor, an older man and a young girl around his age or so he's, he thinks, uh, moves in
0: uh, 12 more, more or less. less, (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, hello, Twilight, hello, rips that entire scene off where it's like, how old are you? 12. And then it's like more or less. Um, anyway, yeah, a girl moves in next door and it's not a spoiler to say that it's a vampire movie. But yeah, so it's it's really focused on the relationship between these two characters, Oscar and Ellie, with a lot of cool vampire mythology stuff thrown in. You get to see what ha- happens to a vampire when they walk into a room uninvited. And it's, it's just a gorgeously shot film. And I think that it, Roger Ebert said that it was the best modern vampire movie around. And I would have to say that I agree with that. I think that it does service to the vampire mythology while also giving you a kind of different perspective into it so yeah i i loved this movie on a rewatch and i would say honestly check out the remake too and even if you i mean i would say definitely watch the original but if you really just like don't want to do the subtitles i would say that the remake is close enough in spirit um and still shot gorgeously and acted very well that you could watch the remake and probably get just as much out of it as you would from the original.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt, too, and that's pretty much the general consensus. Uh, when I was still working at the theater, this was recommended by somebody there. It's kind of like this old curmudgeon dude mm-hmm. that was grumpy to everybody but mm-hmm. loved movies. That's why he was there, and he was like, you should check this out. I was like, all right. I like, I like movies. Tell me what. <laughs> um, and I loved it, and it was right around the time that Let Me In was coming out. And so then I was like, oh, shit, there's a remake of this movie I just watched. And, yeah, they're basically the same, um, but it's they're equally as good, I would yeah. say.
1: Yeah, and that's something that I was just really impressed by because, like you said, like with I was afraid it was going to be a Gus Van Sant situation and just be like a, a boring shot-for-shot shot remake, and it was kind of just like seeing the same movie just from somebody else's lens, like from yeah. a different yeah. perspective. So, yeah, I dug it, and I would recommend both.
0: Why do you think it took you so long to watch this one?
1: Um, well, the original, it took me so long because of the subtitles, and there was a long period of time where I just wasn't really watching foreign horror movies or foreign movies in general i can definitely say that that doing this show has broadened all three of our horizons in that regard yeah and i had seen the remake but i saw it long enough ago that i barely remembered anything about it by the time i saw let the right one in um but i do remember being like oh it has kind of an interesting story but i want to watch the original before um and i just needed to get to a spot where i was like gung-ho for foreign films
0: and there's really not a ton of dialogue like, you need a little bit to figure out what's going on, but even if you were to watch this movie without dialogue, for the most part, you can kind of figure out what's I happening. think
2: we've had that discussion before. It is a movie that 100% you can understand by subtext yeah. and just by character movements and the emotions Yeah, the subtext what at saying. the bottom of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to touch on this because this is... In your horror misses, there were two movies that were... Movies where you'd watched the remakes but not watched the originals. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what was it? Carrie was Carrie one? Yeah, yeah.
2: And Chloe so, Grace Moretz. Yeah, in that's, both cases. Yeah. <laughs> um, why do you feel? I mean, obviously for this one, you said specifically that it was because of the fact that it's a foreign film and there is a there is a barrier. It's the whatever Bong Joon Ho called it the the quarter inch barrier or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but why do you feel like you were drawn to watch those remakes
1: before? their source material Uh, in both cases it was honestly just because I was over at a friend's house and and it was before I was as active in seeking out horror movies so uh, in both cases it was just a friend um, or significant other at the time or something just being like hey let's throw this on and then just kind of seeing it passively which is why I wanted to go back and rewatch the original versions of both is uh, but I think you know, for a long time, too, if I had seen the remake of something in my head that was like, well, I've basically seen the original if I've seen the remake. Now, obviously, I understand that, that the movies can be either entirely different or it can still be fun to watch something that's spiritually the same. But like... I would say like, you know, you would be horribly incorrect in saying, oh, I've seen 2018 Suspiria. So I've seen the original Suspiria. Yeah, like, they're so different. <laughs> they're so radically different movies. And so I don't assume that anymore. But there was a long time where I was like, well, if I've seen the remake, then what's the point in watching the original? I've, I've seen it, but in English so I could understand it better. <laughs> you know, that's obviously a very um, uncultured way to look at it. But, and, you know, I was even talking this morning. Um, my boss had asked if I'd seen Squid Game and I was like, no, but I'm a massive fan of South Korean horror movies. They make some of the best horror of the modern era. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm obviously like now a lot more versed in foreign horror and I appreciate it a lot more.
0: Do you think this deserves its place in horror?
1: Yeah, especially in the vampire canon. Like if we were going to do like that, that game where you're picking essential vampire movies, I would say that this absolutely falls into that category with Interview with the Vampire and the Dra- and Dracula. And I think that it's essential if you Dracula want to... the dead and s- loving it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, Blackula. Um, Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would, Yeah, this is the I think essential modern vampire movie. It has it has the romance, um, you know, in a in a different way, in a different light. Um, but it also has the gore and some of the and you know plenty of blood. So well, it has um,
2: a ton of like the lore stuff, like having a familiar and that sort of things, without it being comedy and campy and played
1: up the way that like uh, what we do in the shadows does. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- I did think of what we do in the shadows when she was like climbing up the side of the hospital because they do that kind of like wall run thing and what we do in the shadows like to get up to places but yeah um i'm a big fan of vampire movies and vampires in general so this is high up there in my ranking i think i gave the original a five and the remake i think i gave a four so
0: i think that's fair yeah all right well that will wrap it up for our horror redemption the last ones that we have on the list for this round are for me is the amityville horror for john it is Phantasm. And for Anthony, it is Don't Look Now. So we will get to those eventually. Well, So am I not supposed to watch it? Uh, don't Look Now.
1: Okay, so I'm not supposed to look at it. No. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I said, we'll eventually get to those. So that's going to be our main discussion. We'll go ahead and get started with our final cut. What do you know? I asked for final cut, and I got it! I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't watched a ton outside of what we're doing for the show. I mean, we've already talked about Chucky. I'm still watching that weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really enjoying it. This newest episode, I enjoyed a lot. and I'm
1: I haven't seen it yet. So
0: Looking forward to what comes next. Um, they do a lot of fun stuff. I was very excited to, to watch it. I'll, that's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> so keep watching that. As Anthony had mentioned earlier, Dexter is out. I've watched one episode. By the time you hear this, I will have probably watched two. Um, if you like the first four seasons of Dexter, you're probably going to like this. It's more of the same. Um, There's parts where I was like cheering. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, where's this? And then it happens. And I was like, yes. So
1: The narration was it for me. Yeah. yeah I was it, like, yeah.
0: where is the inner monologue? Yeah. And then when it finally happened, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm
1: really, uh, you're jazzing
2: me up. I'm ready to see it.
0: <laughs> the only other thing outside of that, I would say I, I checked out Wellington Paranormal. I think you had mentioned it yeah. at one point. Ashley, um, the intern producer, was... Watching it at one point at your house, John. And Taika Watiti like, produced. Yeah. I was like, yeah. What the fuck is this? And uh, I enjoy that. That's a lot more in the comedy realm, but it's it's good. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Uh, so I have a few things here on the list. Uh, one of them is a probably don't watch unless you can watch it at home, which was Venom. Let there be carnage. After we recorded our last watch list, I watched this movie for uh, Entertainment Vortex, and
1: it was okay. I've been I've been uh, waiting for an HD version to come out on the internet so that I can watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth watching at home on a streaming
2: service because it, it, it's kind of dumb fun, but it's more of the same, just n- not quite as good. It has a lot of the same problems, but there are, per most Marvel movies, there are things after the credits that are a pretty big revelation. Ooh. So I would say that it's worth watching just for that alone. Keeping things in the Marvel vein, watch The Eternals.
0: Oh yeah, we did watch that.
2: I did not watch this. I enjoyed The the Eternals. I didn't think that it was a great movie, but I do feel like it tried to do something different that they're not doing in the MCU, which I found to be refreshing, and it's very ambitious, but I do feel like there there are definite flaws.
0: I think trying to introduce 10 new characters while simultaneously giving them backstories and giving us a plot for a movie – I feel like they did the best that they could.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, they it's it feels like they they gave us a movie and a half. Yeah. The half movie was, here, let's set up these characters real quick, explain why they're here, what they're doing, and then here's the movie. Yeah. And so it's very long and it's not like in a where it's jam packed full of stuff like Endgame is for being a really long movie. It's long because it has to be mm-hmm. and that can be a hard barrier to
1: broach.
0: Yeah, I would say don't rush out to the theaters to see it honestly i would wait for it i don't think that it's necessarily worth seeing in theaters or yeah. rushing to see
1: is there a, do any of the characters narrate like do they have an eternal dialogue no no <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I, I do think that it's worth watching. I think that you could definitely
2: wait until it's on Disney Plus for, for freezies. And uh, right to Salo. And I would say <laughs> 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 check out the Patreon bonus episode from this week if you want to get that joke. But it does have value, but I do think that it would be so much better if you were able to watch like the first hour and take a break and then come back and watch the rest. Yeah. Because uh, I think that it just would have more value that way. And then the last thing that I wanted to talk about was... The Resident Evil 2 remake that we just finished on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, That game is so fucking good. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was I, awesome. yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't played it yet. I played the original way back in the day for PS one. And that game is still one of the best in the franchise, but I, the remake just does everything so good. The, uh, the modern mechanics just make it so easy to play. It's got legitimate scares in it. Le- legitimate tension building. Like I said, it plays super well and it's a game that I think could age very well. You know, over the course of yeah. the next you know few years.
0: Yeah, and if you want to see us get started with three, then tune in this Friday.
2: Yeah, because it'll be because we we'll we should have already finished until
0: then. I then. know how time yeah. works in this room.
2: Yeah, check out the vods for this if you want to. They'll they'll be they'll find their way over to YouTube or they might still be up on Twitch. But either way, we had a great time playing it, and uh, the uh, the series will continue. Yeah, we're soon. trying to get
1: fifty followers. So if you're listening to this and you um, want to make a Twitch account. And then follow us, and then maybe if you feel like it, watch a stream. Yeah. That would be dope.
0: Yeah, Did Brittany do that?
1: Yeah, she did. (laughs) (laughs) I figured that's who uh, Brash720 was or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, don't dox her. (laughs) (laughs) For my watch list this month, I have three flicks that were rewatches for me. So the first is a movie that I remember thinking, oh, this is all right. Um, But I wanted to watch something that was trippy and kind of a mind fuck, so I checked out Daniel Isn't Real. Which Shutter, right? Yeah, which I had seen before. Stars Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, who is great in the movie, he also has the kid from 2018's Halloween, who was like, you know, a couple people getting killed in uh, 40 years ago isn't that big a deal, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, he's T- the main tell character. Tell that to Halloween
0: Kills. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, it's really a dark psychological horror movie and um, is produced by Spectre Vision, Elijah Wood's company.
0: So you didn't enjoy it too much on a first watch, but this time around you enjoyed it a lot more?
1: Yeah, I really like uh, I, I know the first time watching it, I was probably only pay- paying half attention. So this time around, because it was a rewatch, I was like, hey, I really want to invest myself in this. And I dug it quite a bit. I think it's a really trippy kind of uh, freaky movie. Speaking of trippy, freaky movies that I rewatched, I hadn't seen this since theaters, but I did remember loving it. Is Darren Aronofsky's Mother?
0: Ooh, yeah, I haven't seen it since theaters either. With Javier I haven't Bardem seen, I haven't and seen it at all.
1: Jennifer Lawrence. So, what I will say about this movie is that if you go into it on a rewatch knowing what, basically, that it's a it's a Bible story. Mm-hmm. It is so fun to watch. Fun is the wrong word, but it's so much more engrossing and interesting because every single little detail you're like, oh, okay, that ties back to Adam and Eve. This ties to Cain and Abel. This ties to this and that. And it makes the whole movie make so much more sense. And that, I mean, any Darren Aronofsky movie, you got to expect it's going to get, uh, turned into a total mind melt by the end of it. And this movie is no exception. And for someone who yeah. doesn't tend to like Jennifer Lawrence too much as a as an actress... Um, i think her performance in this is really good.
0: Yeah, i love this movie in theaters and i remember being in theaters and people getting up and walking out. Yeah, this was same a very here. controversial movie when it came out and uh makes sense why. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's it's pretty hard fucking to watch. brutal. Yeah. yeah, i
1: would say if you have a uh, really good site to check out, if you have any sort of triggers or anything like that that you want to avoid would be um does the dog If you go there and you type in whatever. <laughs> that, I, i'm not even making that up. That's what the site's called. If I you yeah. It. if you go there and you type in what your trigger is they basically have like every movie with every trigger broken down but um, this is a movie you probably want to uh, search that for before you watch it and then my third rewatch because I've been on such a big Brad Dorif kick recently I decided to rewatch The Exorcist 3 Legion Um, I don't want to know nothing this movie is directed by William Peter Blatty who wrote the original Exorcist Mm -hmm. this has one of the if not the best jump scare in all of horror movies and has a fucking phenomenal performance by brad dorif and a great performance by george c scott who we know from the changeling
0: were those the clips that you sent us yeah okay
1: of brad dorif yeah and it is just a great movie if you want to skip straight from the exorcist to the exorcist 3 you're not missing out on anything just
2: forget the heretic ever existed yeah it's that bad huh yeah
1: So, yeah, I've just been kind of chilling on watching uh, too many new movies, and uh, this week I was kind of in a rewatch mood because I was rewatching Reanimator and The Invitation and uh, Let the Right One In, so that is my watch list. I hope you guys check those things out, and if you do, let me know what you think.
0: Cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Next week, we are going to do one of our uncaught gems. So if you are unfamiliar with this, this is movies that probably flew under your radar that are actually pretty good, at least we think and should be watched so that is going to be incident in a ghost land and that one at least recently was on shutter um, hopefully it's still there i would check this out it's i'm not gonna tell you anything about it just go ahead and uh give it a shot i watched it blind the first time didn't know what the fuck it was and it was pleasantly surprised i
1: want to go in blind and dry yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs>
0: wow all right well that's what we're doing next week uh thank you for listening this week we hope that you enjoyed if you have any opinions on the watch
1: people share them with us <laughs> uh, anyway I've been Joan I've been John 11 year tall white gray latte internet <laughs> dog Anthony
0: see you next time keep it creepy Exclusive episodes, early access, merch, and to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash porcelainpeak.
2: Thanks to all our patrons for the support, and special thanks to producers Chuck, Rob, and
1: Ashley. You can find Porcelain Peak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn.
0: Wherever you listen, don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe so you never miss a thrilling episode.
1: Special thanks to Roger Jackson for
2: introducing the show and to Jeff for Real for composing the Porters and Peak opening and closing song.
1: All content and episodes are written, produced, designed and edited by the Porters and Peak team consisting of Anthony Perez, John Brasher and Anthony Silva.
0: This has been yeah, words. Fair. Weirdos. Broad